Welcome back to part two of the Running Wine Mom podcast, where we continue our captivating conversation with Lisa, the visionary owner of Hollow House Farm. In part one, we explored the origins of Hollow House Farm and the remarkable journey that led Lisa and her husband to create a sustainable haven that nourishes both the body and the environment. In part two, we shift our focus to Lisa's role as a board member of the Bucks County Conservation District and the beautiful synergy of working alongside her husband as business partners on the farm. We dive into the commitment to environmental stewardship, sustainable agriculture, and their efforts to promote soil and water conservation within our community. But before we get started, I wanted to remind everyone that Hollow House Farm is hosting a Snip and Savor event on Friday, July 28th at 6 p.m. This collaborative event features the breathtaking work of local Bucks County photographer Moods of Motherhood and the mouthwatering flavors of local Harvest Pizza alongside with other incredible local vendors. For more information about the event, make sure to visit Hollow House Farm's Instagram page at Hollow House Farms. So grab a glass of wine, sit back, and get ready to be inspired by Lisa's work and the dynamics of working with her husband as business partners and their ongoing commitment to sustainable farming and environmental stewardship. Without further ado, let's jump right back into the enlightening conversation with Lisa, the owner of Hollow House Farm. You're on the Bucks County Conservation District Board, which is practicing what you preach. So what is your primary responsibilities and duties in supporting the conservation effort? Yeah, so I they're amazing. And I feel like I got led to them just from kind of getting involved on the municipality level with the township and kind of just um, going to some meetings there. We have um, municipalities have like an EAC board. And so going to some of those meetings and realizing um, it all kind of comes down from the county level, then down to the municipality. So I kind of thought if I could learn as how is the county being impacted and then how to sort of townships play their role in it and how do we work as the community members in our township to kind of be that, I could be that connection. Because I think yeah. going back to what you said, people we live in you know, our townships and we, I, I do think people want to do things and they want to, you know, stormwater management. Like that sounds so crazy and like scary, you know, but it's like really not. And so it's like, if we could like break those barriers down, it's, it's a good for everybody. You know, Mm -hmm. if we're all kind of even doing just best practices, it's a win for everybody. It's like, it's all about keeping, you know, our streams, the water clean and so we can enjoy it. So it's like when you, I've realized kind of just interfacing it all myself. I'm like, I don't think people understand what's going on. Um, And I just feel like I want to be that voice between that. And so I just started going to their meetings and they need to have a farmer um, as a part of their board. And the county commissioner was actually at the farmer forum and said that they were looking for a farmer. So, and he actually specifically said female farmer would be great. So I kind of just took that as my little segue and I just started showing up and I was like, Hey, if you guys want to let me on, that would be amazing. But they're like truly a group of passionate people that really do a a lot of amazing things. And I think people just, again, they don't know what they don't know. And It's been really cool to see all of the grants and all the things that they go after um, basically for the county to benefit projects, whether that's redoing roads, helping with soil erosion, all of these benefits. And that's where I was saying it kind of goes back 
then to the township because you can then, you know, work with your township to say, go to the conservation district and say, hey, like, we need funding to repair this wetland zone. Like, let's apply and um, see what the conservation districts, see if they have a like resource, they have funds um, to maybe match this project and we could do this project. Like it gives that township the availability to do it. But they ha- the conservation district holds this grant money. People have to to come and ask for it. And I think right. that's where the community member becomes an active voice to your township to say, hey, like there's this grant money. We're applicable for it. Have we applied? And I would say 9.5 out of 10 times, that's what your township is already doing. Right. But it's important to stay involved in that and know like, hey, Every every township got, you know, X amount of funding for Parks and Rec. Like, what what are we doing with that? Like, what is the plan? Can we be a part of it? You know, whether that's yeah. planting, you know, you see a lot of township, you know, they do like they'll do a plant, you know, they, they'll get a, the EAC gets together and they do like a native plant thing. And it's that was funded through the conservation district with the okay. goal of we're doing something positive, you know, we're planting natives, we're getting the community involved, which ideally is impacting empowering them. And there's all these just really positive things that happen. And I think that's kind of what I go back to is it's like the more the community connects with this stuff or knows about it, it's just a win, win situation. Um, Honestly, it's like so weird, the connection that you're on the board. (laughs) I know. I I just learned, I had no idea that this was even a thing until right by our house, they're trying to actually put in houses. There's wooded area by my house that um, I guess a builder bought land and is trying to fit like 12 or 13 houses on which like I don't Mm. even know how they're gonna like do that Um, I think honestly he's just trying to get the most and hopes nobody like comes to the meeting and so that's what I was kind of like what do I even do like how can we help and I had found someone had maybe said to like reach out and I did and it was really helpful in just like understanding like what the wetlands are and talking about the sustainability of I think they were talking about like the turtles that live there and Mm -hmm. the animals that live there and stuff like that which was really I wouldn't have went to a meeting and been like save these little turtles that like, I don't know it yeah. was really nice with the highlights that I was able to find out we still haven't had the meetings not until the end of June but hopefully they'll be like you know the yeah and that's a perfect example of without the community activating and saying hey we aren't okay with this or hey can we find another approach without that dialogue change can't happen or no. you can't have that converse the township can't even have that conversation because they're like well there's no issues right. like everyone's right, exactly. cool with it yeah and that's and, what i think is so crazy that if people aren't speaking up then it there's nothing that anyone's going to do about it and that's just really what it comes down to like yes <laughs> <laughs> you said that so perfectly and nicely. I might have to keep that. Yeah. It's like, that's just, I mean, people just need to really use their voices, which is so important. So speaking of challenges, what are some of the biggest challenges that you face at, like, that people are coming to you for? What are the biggest initiatives that you guys have? Yeah. So are- I would say you know, it's definitely the programs that they offer, which again, even being a farmer, I didn't even realize some of the pro- mm-hmm. great programs they have. And 
they have, um, it's called ACAP, which is basically like agriculture, the finance program. And they have an ag tech who will literally come to your property. And this is for riding stable. Sometimes you think of farming as just like a traditional farm, but these are horse places. I mean, there's all sort of faucets of farming and they will come to your property and again, just do beautiful maps. And they're not there to enforce and fine you in a way like, oh, you're doing this wrong. You're doing this wrong. Or like, ooh, you have a cow pasture and there's like a huge gully here. And if we don't mitigate this water, it's going right into the stream. Right. So they will basically work with you to put together a plan that's going to fix all those problems and essentially fund it through the grants that they get. So it's a great program for farmers to get that sort of professional out there that can say, "Oof, these are some like potential areas and, you know, whether it's a riparian buffer, putting like uh, gutters on your infrastructure to help with water runoff. I mean, there's so many avenues and they do it right. And I think in every meeting I've been in, they approve, like they are not trying to like, line item and they want to do these things. They're so happy when people apply. Um, so I would say like, that's my biggest thing I want to work with them to do is help on whether it's social media, just getting the word out there, um, that there are these resources because yeah, there's a disconnect for sure. Right. Yeah. Especially something like I didn't grow up in the area. So like coming in, where do you learn? You really don't learn about it unless you talk to someone who's been through it or um, when you have to really learn about it, but getting it out there would be so important for the community so they know where to go and what to do. And they're not intimidated by like, going to mm-hmm. the board and scared they're going to say no to certain things where it's like, no, they just want to help you. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that is key in knowing that. And I think you know, it's like we've built a shed on our property and we've had to do mm-hmm. stormwater management for it right. through our township. And I think just as an average person, you're like, why do I have to do this? Like, why do I have to do one more thing? It's going to cost me money. I don't want to do this. And there's just like this very negative kind of relationship with it. And it's like, that's where I'm like, if we could just flip it to educating people, like, well, stormwater management is like, if we all control our runoff, it's not getting into the streams and we all have clean water and we can all do really simple things like stormwater management can be a rain barrel. It can be a rain garden, which are like really beautiful. Um, It can just be planting shrubs, trees, native plants. All of those things are going to help. And I think people just think it's going to be so bad and like, oh my God, why are they telling me to do this? And if we could just flip that narrative to kind of like, well, there's a reason for this. Right. And why, why do we have to do this? Because when all that water hits concrete, it just runs off. It's collecting Mm -hmm. chemicals, it's collecting sediment, it's collecting all these terrible things that are going into our waterways. So if we all kind of did our part to stormwater management is literally like storing water and letting it release, Mm -hmm. we'd have a much better control over it. So I think when you are able to think about it bigger picture, you understand the why. And that's, I always say like, just people just need to understand why. And like, we're good, but you guys are like making it really complicated and it's not, it's not working. (laughs) 
to transition back to the farm, um, obviously you and your husband run this, which is such an awesome thing to have a couple doing, but um, owning and operating a farm with a spouse, it can bring unique dynamics to both personal and professional life. Can you share some of the joys and challenges you have encountered while working together with your husband to run the farm? Yes. there. Yes. So, so you said it perfectly. There's joys and challenges for sure. Yeah. So I think just like it's interesting going from, I would say like the spouse of his farm in Texas to really working it with him and to be transparent. It's like totally have moments where I'm just like, oh my God, I could just kill him. Like, how is he doing this? Um, Because we definitely have totally different strengths. And I think Mm -hmm. that is the peace of mind, kind of what I have to remember sometimes. It's like, if we were both really good at the same things, it would not work. It wouldn't work. And I think kind of realizing our roles within the business. And I think that's really hard when you're starting a business too, because you're doing so many things and you're kind of like flying by the seat of your pants, you're growing and there's just like stress. There's just so many things going on that it's really hard to like constantly like be aware of that. But we've realized I'm kind of the vision and he is he's an executor at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, he does really well when we're able to sit and talk at night and we are like, this is the plan for tomorrow. Like I need this done, this, like this done, this done. And this will help this look this way because I'm the aesthetics yes. <laughs> uh, when it comes to this. And thankfully Matt is just so gifted and talented that he can right. really bring anything to life. So I kind of blame him. He really makes my imagination come to life. So he really set himself up there, but it's, it's fun because he loved, like, that's where he thrives in that role. Um, Kind of just getting stuff done. That's where he um, succeeds. And I feel like, I think the key to it all too, is just kind of unwaverly supporting one another with our sort of crazy, ideas and just moments we have and giving each other grace. There's definitely days where I'm like, oh my God, it's going to be another day at the farm. This is a lot of work. And I think it should be transparent in the fact that not every day is this just beautiful, amazing Mm -hmm. day on the farm. It's a lot of hard work and it's a ton of sacrifice. I don't think a lot of people even realize that. It's like, we don't really see our family or friends too much because we're, you know, really connected to a, you know, a working farm. It's hard for us to just, oh, let's go away for the weekend or let's like close down early and like go meet friends. You know, it's always like, well, we got to do this. We got to do this. And I would say, you know, it's kind of a challenge because I we both have our different days when I'm like, all right, let's close down and like, let's just like be spontaneous. And he's like, no, I literally have to plant this stuff or like it's gonna die and I'm like cool cool got it Um, it's like sometimes realizing we're ebbing and flowing at different times and and realizing that about one another and when we kind of need that like it's gonna be okay (laughs) talk um but I think there's nothing greater than like being so passionate about something together and Mm -hmm. And like experiencing like the hard work kind of paying off. I think there's so much joy that's found in that and, and freedom ultimately, you know, it's, it's ours and we get to 
to, you know, put our mark on it and how we want it to be. And I think we feel this, it's very, like, we almost feel like public servants. It's like, I feel this, I have to do this um, for the greater good of, of farming and community and ensuring that there is a future of it. Um, and, and that young people are inspired to do it. Um, and I think, yeah, we just have to check in with each other a lot and make sure that we're both doing okay. Cause we all, we both carry our own different stresses too. So I think yeah. it's definitely a, a challenge for sure though. I would not <laughs> say working with your spouse is all butterflies and rainbows yeah. and all that. No, you definitely <laughs> have your, I'll kill you moments for yeah, sure. I'm sure. I, like I when mean, I got locked I in the chicken coop, I got locked oh. in one of the coops one day and I was literally just stuck and I was, he couldn't hear me. He was on his <gasps> tractor and I'm just like, oh, like minutes, like 10 minutes go by and I'm just like, oh, I'm going to kill him. I'm oh going to kill him. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, yeah, I was, I was going to say my husband and I have plenty of separate times and we really need that for our strength of our relationship. I can't imagine Mm -hmm. basically never leaving work with your partner. Essentially, it's probably has to really take a lot of um, focus and hard work to ensure that you have like, oh, yeah, checking in, like you said, each other. And I yeah, and I think now we kind of have learned, like, just like I was saying before, we have like a very busy season, Mm -hmm. and a very sort of slower time. And I think now kind of knowing that it's like, through the slow months, like, how do we be more intentional, whether that's like with our family or with friends, and like, just being transparent, you know, like, I've, you know, some of my best friends, it's like, they've had kids, and I their first birthdays are coming up. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is bad. Like, this is not okay. But I'm like, the reality of the situation is, and your friends get it. But I think you also have to like their relationships and they do take work and checking in with people. And I think just being like transparent in that too. I don't have the bandwidth. I so want to be there, but I can't. And I think that's just important that people know too. Like, we're still here. <laughs> We're here. Like, don't forget about us. I know. It's kind of, well, I mean, you guys, it's like kind of like having a new baby where like, you know, you guys are really building this thing up mm-hmm. for your future. And I mean, that's like how I can relate to having my kids like they're 18 months apart. And basically now, mm-hmm. finally, the youngest is my youngest is one, which um, I feel like I have a lot more freedom. But the first like basically three years, it's like you're pregnant, you're building this new life and everyone just kind of has to understand that it's like, yeah, exactly. But you can't be there. It's just a new way of life. Exactly what you guys are, are building, which is awesome. And it'll get easier as you guys get more into it. It is still. Oh yeah. It's it's like learning. Like it's, and I think that's like the biggest thing. It's like always being open to learning. I always Mm -hmm. say that to people. I'm like, I literally don't want to be the smartest person in the room. I think it's so cool to learn from people from their experience. And it's like, we do some stuff and it doesn't work out. And like the next time we do it, we learned and like, we. and I think that's like, I feel like there's a lot of negative of, you know, social media you can find, but there's so much positive, you know, and there's so much like 
that relatability component. And I feel like that is key, especially if you're an entrepreneur, small business owner, whatever it is, it's finding those other people that, you know, they may share a message that you're like, oh my God, I feel that same way. Or like, you know, and it's like that for me is so powerful. And like the stuff I learned, I learned so many little tips and tricks about new businesses, about all these sorts of things. And I just, yeah, I'm a big preacher of like the power of the good in that too. Yeah. I always tell my students, I'm like, if you're the smartest and best in your group of like, you think of the five people that you hang out with the most and you think you're the best out of them, like you need to find a new group because you're not Mm -hmm. learning from them. You have to learn. And, and you were saying with mistakes, the biggest growth is found through making mistakes and learning from them. And you have to make the mistake in order to grow. So that's just the, uh, yeah. And, and it's a good outlet outlook to have, like you were saying, like you want to, some people get so stuck in like, no, I'm only going to do it the way mm-hmm. that I want to do it. And it's like, there's so many other ways that maybe. You mm-hmm. can here. <laughs> oh, I know. I know that for sure. And I feel like, Something I probably want to mention earlier too, just as like something I think is really important or something I've learned along the way that I would tell my younger self is like, just like ask for help too. Mm -hmm. Like, that's okay. I think especially like women, it's like, we got it. We got it. Like if you seem so like, it's like, oh, I'm vulnerable or I'm weak. And women are very scared to show that, I think. Mm -hmm. And I, and I'm like, but why? Like, I think there's so much power in vulnerability or that ability to be like, hey, I've gone through this or I've been there. But I've just seen it translate even just like in workspace. Like for me, like, I've always just seen people I was inspired by. And I think even now with like social media, it's like you have the power to literally talk to that person. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to guarantee everyone's going to give you their time and all that good stuff. But like in my own experience, like nine out of 10 people, I've just, you know, they were in a career field that I was interested in, or they were just doing something I thought was really great. And I wanted to know more. How did you get there? It's like, I find most people want to, they want to share that with you. Or if they, they, like, and I guess it's my own mentality too. It's like, if I can help you Mm -hmm. and I have the time and all that good stuff, Right. Like I, I will, or if I can like connect you with somebody that might like, I, I'll figure that out. And I think a lot of times, especially women, they're like, oh, no, like, I'm not going to do that. Like, I don't want to. And I'm just like, no, that's how you like stop doing that. And, yeah. Well, that's um, <laughs> that's even with starting this podcast. Like I in January, I had no clue, even any programs, anything. And like my friend's husband does a podcast and I like never met him before. But I was like, hey, I <laughs> reach out like will he help me and he sent yeah. me like everything and beyond and it's like I have this person who like I barely know to thank for me having such a creative outlet and learning so much about people just because I asked like that's mm-hmm. it that's all that happened and um that's like you said it's so crazy people just don't ask because they're yeah and I just I wish yeah I wish I like would have had that switch go mm-hmm. off for me sooner. Like, oh, people probably, if they could, would. Yeah, not when everybody can. can. Yeah, exactly. They will, yeah. Um, and that was another thing. One of my other friends told me, she's like, if you, like, if you ask and someone says no, like, you're literally in the same spot that you. Exactly. And I'm like, wow, that is like, 
I never thought of that before because you always think like if someone says no, it's a bad thing. It's like, no, you're just like, you're not, you don't yeah. move back steps. There's like nothing the to lose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think it's hard to, to think about it that way for sure though. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so yeah, you've answered so many amazing questions. I guess I'll end on just one. What is your ultimate long-term goal for your farm and running the business with your husband? What do you Yeah, so I think the, the long-term goal is definitely just creating this like community-focused space that allows people to come, experience a farm, get farm fresh right. products, um and just connect. I think if we right. can just really articulate that space, um, the natural setting kind of does the rest. Um, the, the feedback I get a lot from people that come, they're like, there's just this, there's just an ability to sit there and look out uh, to a beautiful view and like just no noise and just the right. calmness. And we we're right on Swamp Road. So we get a lot right. of people going to 95 that are like commuting and like, I kid you not, like during the summer, there's like handfuls of people that they like make it a part of their routine before they go back to the city. Cause they're like, I just really enjoy this. Like, I just mm -hmm. really enjoy like breathing in fresh air and like taking in this view. And like, I just feel really at peace. And I think that's something that like I pride myself in, like I really try to listen to people and I try to make things like I know our space will be so intentional because that's what I enjoy when I go places. Yeah. What what are those little details um, that make anyone that comes there feel seen, um, feel appreciated, and they just leave feeling good and. I think it's just, I'm, I struggle with, I have the vision, but it's mm -hmm. like, but I'm here. How yeah. do I um, get there faster? And I yeah. think it's telling you got to enjoy the journey and anything worth having doesn't come easy. I've also uh, really have to just practice myself and I see our neighbors at our farm stand and they're like water cooling by the farm stand. And I'm like, <laughs> literally like tears of joy like, came out of my eyes. I was Aww. just like, this is it. Because yeah. that's also what I notice is everyone's busy. Everyone's in mm -hmm. their lives. They've got kids. They're running from like, I don't even know how parents quite honestly do it. It's very fascinating watching my friends. I'm like, wow. Um, it's just <laughs> like a whole, like, I really don't know um, how, how you guys do it. It's really remarkable. Yeah. And definitely never enough credit given, but, um, it's like, they see neighbors. It's like, they see each other. Maybe if their kids are going to school or you know, there's just these very little touch points, but now they actually have a place where they could sit and be like, right. Oh, what are your plans for this summer? What's going on with you? And it's like, I think people don't realize how much they need that. Yeah. And yeah, the support of, of community. Like I think, COVID happened. It like got us all inside. And it's like, I know we're back, but I think we're still lacking in that finding 
those connection places that you can just go. I feel like I talked to so many moms and they're just like, I could just like go to a place, have a cup of coffee. Then at like night, have a glass of wine and like a piece of pizza. Uh, I'm good. And I'm like, yeah, me too. Like, (laughs) um, so I think that's what I lean into with it. It's, it's kind of like, what do, what do I want to experience too? And just like this conversation we're even having, I get so lifted up by connecting with others and hearing their stories, hearing what they may be going through or whatever, what their travel plans are, what they're reading. Like I enjoy that. And I just, I want to create more opportunities for that for people because it's, it is key, I think. (laughs) Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And to go back to me starting this podcast, just learning about so many amazing, I'm, I think 95% have been women. My dad was on. I'm like, I don't think I've had any other men on my podcast. But anyway, the women doing all these amazing things is just so awesome to see how hardworking and like what their stories are, uh, just like to be like a cheerleader for them and you know I'm so excited like for example like your farm just to see how awesome it's going to be oh. and grow and just get to learn more about it yeah and I think that's what's so cool too is it's like the power that you have in doing that too you know it was like I just listened to Sally's podcast yeah and I'm like, I, I need to like I'm like are we kindred spirits you know yeah. and you find that relatability and you're like you know, that may just be what somebody needs to hear that day. Yeah. Right. You know, and I think, again, just going back to like, we all don't realize um, the power we have. And Mm -hmm. I think when we tap into it and like make ourselves open to it, it's like, it's amazing. (laughs) Like what can happen And you got to be like open to it too, though. So I I deeply appreciate this. And I was like stoked to be on this because I just, so I know we met so long. It feels feels like so long ago. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it's so awesome to finally like catch up. Yeah. um, Definitely come over the summer to visit the farm now that I have a little more time that I'm not. uh, (laughs) Yeah. And we got to get a workout in at the night. I'm going to, I'm going to keep up on you on that. I want to go. Definitely. (laughs) Definitely. I am totally even like, um, their pool outside is open, I think, in October, which is really nice. Oh, I know. I You're love like, it. It's super busy. Like, you know, we can, whatever you want, you let me know. <laughs> but um, I think that's what's, like, so awesome, like, too, though. Like, you, I'm like, now I'm going to talk about you. Sorry. Um, but okay. I just think that's so, like, I think it's, like, people don't realize their power in the sense of, like, you know, like, I want, like, I obviously follow you. I engage, like, engage with your content. But it's, like it's so powerful in the sense of like, I love even how you're doing like your 20 minutes of you time. And I think it's like, but people like we're consuming content regardless of whether it's good or bad. Like we are on our phones. Even if you say you're not on Instagram, you're on Instagram. You're looking at that stuff and it's like, that's a positive though. That's such a like, even a subconscious reminder to me, like, Hey, did I take some time for myself today? That actually like seems really nice. Yeah. It is so important. And people think that they can't do it for themselves. Mm -hmm. Whether you have kids or you don't have kids, people just don't take Yeah, they're restrictive of it. Yeah. And it's so important. And even like going into motherhood, all of a sudden there's like all these rules that people have and like, you can't do this. You can't do that. I'm like, well, why can't I? I, this works for me and my family. Mm -hmm. And I think more people need to feel that like 
you need to have time for yourself every day, whether you have zero kids or you have 10 kids. Everybody deserves that because your job is, you know, consuming you, your stress of just life and like having that 20 minute block for the day is something that's like, it just resets you, I feel like. Oh, yeah. I'm very obviously passionate about that. <laughs> my time is so important. I'm like, I don't care. Um, I know. I know. I love all the trips you do too. I mean, you inspire me. I'm like, I can do it. I can just get in the car and go down to the beach. Like I can do it. And that's really what it is. It's just doing it because the lead up to it is so like overwhelming for like Mm -hmm. anything. And um, we were just brought up that way where it's like, you're just going to you're just going to figure it out. Um, doesn't matter how much time you have, like you can do it. And I'm like, that is incredible though. (laughs) We're like, we, our kids (laughs) are just like, like, look at how it's impacting. That's so like amazing. And I think that's so something to be said too, of like your environment, just growing up. And I think I meant to bring this up when we were talking about fitness even, but it was like, I definitely think my connection to fitness stems from my mom. Like she always went to like a yoga class and she would bring me when I finally got to like an age and I'm like, literally seeing her choose to do that and carve out time. It, it was so at the time I was like, whatever in hindsight, I'm like, she created that in my mind. I. I can do this. I should do yes. this. Like this is available to me. And like, cause I think, yeah, women, especially like they have to fit all these stereotypes of like, yeah, I have to be the perfect mom. I have to be this, I have to be that. And it's just like, no. <laughs> and that's, and I love it. Like, will like Willow will go. She's my older one. When we go, she loves going to the kids club there. And she asks like every day to go. And then she's like, oh, are you going to yoga, mommy? And like, I don't really See? go to yoga that much. Like I did yesterday, but like, I'm just like, yeah, yep, I'm going to yoga. And she just knows like, that's what I'm doing. And that's something that I hope she, that's no, 100%. Her she gets older. Um, yeah. Well, what an incredible habit you're essentially teaching her. Yeah. Like whether it's just she- to work out like feel good, like all of those things. And that's why like when parents come to the farmer's market, I like applaud them. I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, you don't realize I'm like, if I at a young age made the connection that I've made to food now at like my mid thirties, I life could have been very different for me. Right. Um, I've just even just growing eggplants and tomatoes and my strawberries. It's like seeing them as flowers first. Yeah. And then a plant, I'm like, they're beautiful. I yeah. want to eat them. <laughs> Never ate that stuff before. Literally would not eat vegetables. But and I literally like within the past two years had that connection myself. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I just, I feel like I'm going through it all myself and I'm like, okay, how do I now yeah. take this experience and translate that to kids it's like we put edible like flowers that we grow in our salad bouquets and it's crazy the kids love it and it's like their parents will be like my kid does not eat lettuce but like (laughs) ever since this flower game now we want to make salads every day and i'm like if that's what it takes to like yeah make that connection let's do it and i think i I just i'm an observer yeah, the kids being like hands on for anything, whether it's like 
growing their own things like oh my gosh yes and that's something that um like for some reason as adults we don't necessarily care like we're like oh yeah whatever well but like yeah i feel like they take such pride in like when mm-hmm. they're doing something even though we should oh i'm amazed by kids when they come to the farm and they're so smart like the things that they know or they're like like listening to them try to like figure out i'm just like yeah i think that's the beauty of farms too i think it allows kids to be kids which is yeah always nice (laughs) all right well i think that's the a great way to end it. Um, yeah. This is, was awesome. Um, so that's going to wrap up another episode. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Lisa. She's the, as I said, the visionary owner of Hollow House Farm. Her dedication to sustainable farming, community engagement, and environmental stewardship is truly amazing. Remember, supporting local farms like Hollow House Farm not only allows us to enjoy fresh, nutritious food, but also help preserve our environment and strengthen our community. The next time you visit a farmer's market or sit down for a farm to table meal, appreciate the hard work and passion that goes into every bite. Um, If you'd like to learn more about Hollow House Farm, make sure to visit their website, which I'll include in the notes, hollowhousefarms.com and follow on Instagram at hollowhousefarms. And I'll also include that as well in the show notes. So thank you, Lisa, so much for coming. Thank you. This was great. I love this. As always, I'm grateful for all listeners' continued support. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and share it with your friends and family. And remember, you can stay connected with me on Instagram at the running wine mom underscore or obviously on the podcast. And thank you again for joining. Uh, we will be visiting very soon, Hollow House Bar. <laughs> yeah. Right. Cheers, and I'll be back next Tuesday. <laughs>